I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with Tom Bettis and Maria Shaleos. We are taking your calls right now, 801-575-8255. You can text us, 57500. Yvonne's been very patient. Good morning, Yvonne. What is your question? Hi. Um, I have some peonies, and um, the leaves are chewed by something, and they look pretty like lacy on the edges and it was started on one plant and it's jumped to the others and I don't want to put anything that would kill the ants but I want to I don't know what it would be that's chewing the leaves it's root weevil and there's several species people like to call it strawberry root weevil but it's probably one of its uh, low-class cousins but uh, the strawberry the root weevils the actual major damage they do is in the roots. And so the adult beetles will lay eggs and those eggs will get into the roots and chew on them. And then the adults scallop the leaves. And so you will need to spray something. Root weevils over three or four years will eventually kill plants. And so something like permethrin uh, that you would spray once a week for three or four weeks to kill the adults so that they stop laying eggs. Okay. There are other sprays you could try. You know, there'll be four or five of them at the garden center. But, yeah, that's root weevil. And I have seen them kill a lot of plants over a number of years. When would you start doing that? Uh, When they come up. And as soon as you start seeing the scalloping on the leaves, that's when you would spray. Okay. Okay. So um, would it be something that I mix or would it be something that comes already Pre, you probably and... could find something pre-mixed to use. Um, it, you would want to hit your local garden center and just tell them you have strawberry root weevil and have, want something pre-mixed. Or if you want to mix it, you can get concentrate too. Okay. Um, and then sometimes the bud comes up really nice and it's just, and then all of a sudden it just starts to turn brown and wibbles shrivels and dies and never blooms. Is that something that's caused by the root weevil? Uh, It could be, but it may also be a fungal disease. There's a lot of different things that can cause that. Uh, Thrips can sometimes cause a lot of damage in peonies, western flower thrips. And so that permethrin will probably help, but on a different day than when you spray the permethrin, you may consider maybe something along the lines of triple action or something with some fungicidal properties to see if that helps. Okay. 
okay. or just a regular plant fungicide. And those can be found in spray bottles, just ready to use spray bottles too. And something formulated for roses that has a, a fungicide and a an insecticide spray would be fine for peonies. The peonies won't know that it was meant for roses. So <laughs> it's not going to read the label. No, they no, won't. No. Um, promethrin. Yeah. So, okay. or just a ready to use rose spray with a fungicide and insecticide in it. Okay. But that won't kill the root weevil. Right? Uh, it may, if it has an insecticide, it may. Because roses can okay. get root weevils in them occasionally too. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your, your help. Good luck, Yvonne. Thanks for your call this morning. Been watching out our window here, and the sports guys are getting a workout. This is our fifth or sixth trip back and forth. I just saw Dallin oh, out there. Oh, oh, they're setting up uh, yes. our big booth on the corner. Yeah, they can't hear us. KSLsports.com. Yep. Yeah, they're setting up They've something. They've been out there since bright and early. They've got too. two of those Rubbermaid carts pushing back and forth. Well, I you think know this what? Is the when you have All-Star time. Weekend here, you've got to make sure you put your best you foot do. forward. And, uh I'm not sure what they're giving away out on the corner, but I'm sure they've got some fun stuff. Yeah, I was thinking about trying to get into the uh, Delta Center or Vivin, whatever it (laughs) is, with my media pass, but I don't think it would work for some reason. You could give it a shot. You never know. Yes. Next listener, Ton, says, is it too early to plant green onion bulbs? It is a little early still. Mid-March would be the soonest I'd put them out, and they still may need a little bit of protection. And so where they're going to be planted, I would put an old tire or build a little low tunnel to Mm -hmm. warm the soil up. Because you want that soil to be in the high 40s to low 50s minimally when you're putting things like onion sets or starts in. And so right now it's just a little early. We're supposed to be getting other storms in. We're going to be in the teens and 20s. Give it another three to four weeks. Our next listener says they they live in Bluff, in Bluffdale at a new house. They want to plant a rose garden with about 10 plants, but they want advice. When should they plant and how do they prepare the ground? So what are they planting? It's new construction. They want to do rose. Roses. They want to do a rose bed. Okay. So let the new construction get done, or if it's in an area. It's done. Okay. They're in a new house. Decide where you want them. Make sure the area is getting at least six hours of sunlight a day. And the roses don't need a lot of extra stuff in the soil. If anything, they could amend the entire bed with some compost, a couple inches of compost mixed in, excuse me, six inches deep. I think the expense is going to be the actual roses, and so if they want the newer named patented roses from like Jackson and Perkins or Star, then they're probably going to pay 30 to $40 for those mm-hmm. online. You know, sometimes you'll find those established in pots already at garden centers in late April through May. And but you still pay twenty to thirty dollars at least for them. The other option is to go to the box stores. And in the spring, they will have roses. I see bare root. I think yeah, bare, bare root, root are going to be now. less expensive from the box stores, and that's what I'm mentioning is that the bare root roses and even containerized roses, because the ones the box stores have are not patented, 
they're half the cost as the patented roses. Does they're that a little make them older. Not as good. No, I mean, if you were in a rose society or a rosarian, you'd you, want to pick you, more. Spe- yeah, you always special... want the newest. Oh, yeah. You know, prettiest, and but if you just want pretty roses, there are so many roses out there that are fine, that are older roses developed in the fifties, sixties. You know, Mister Lincoln and Peace and Chicago Peace are some of my favorite, and those are really old roses. Mm-hmm. And so, some of the newer ones are great too. You know, it just depends on what you want. But if you do purchase bare root and this time of year, I'm hoping they're still dormant. You would actually store them in an unheated shed or garage until you're ready to plant another month to six weeks. If they're leafing out, then you are going to need to keep them in the package they're in, but move them indoors in a bright window until danger of frost is gone and then plant them out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next listener wants to know, are they okay pruning apples, pears, and grapes when the temps are below freezing or even in the teens? No. Uh, grapes are just going to wait. The old recommendation has been to prune grapes in January, but our climate is so sporadic here to where in you know, ju- uh, you know March, April, May, we'll jump into the 70s and then back down to the 40s. And we're finding that even though the grapes will leak a lot of sap when you prune them late. You're pruning them in late March to April after you're kind of trying to get that hardest frost and the hardest temperatures gone. And you can see kind of what's alive, you know, at that point and what's dead. And then just do your pruning in late March and April and just go from there with the grapes. But as far as the fruit trees, apples and pears are fine. But especially the stone fruits, if we are going to be dipping below 10 to 15 degrees in the next 15, 10 days, you're going to want to wait until mid-March. And so a lot of the orchards prune all winter, but they watch the weather and they will make sure that it's going to be above at least 10 degrees for a week to 10 days after the pruning. All right. Next listener um, needs a ground cover that their chickens won't dig up. And I, do they, is there one that they won't dig up? I don't know of any. I've not ever raised or handled chickens, and so I don't mm. know. So they need to replant a bed, and they, they say it gets afternoon shade. Is there something just generic that you would say about afternoon shade? And afternoon shade, Vinca Minor would be something that would tolerate that, or Plumbago. Um, but they'd have to look up whether the chickens Yeah, and that I just don't know. Yeah. You know, it seems like they'll pack it about anything. But, uh, yeah, that's just one area that having never raised chickens or handled them very much, I just don't know. There's not like a flat ground cover like thyme or something that maybe would be better? Because of the afternoon shade, I don't want to recommend Mm. the thyme ground covers. There's many of them out there. Creeping Jenny maybe would go, but I think chickens would tear that up Mm. because the leaves are so succulent. So that's a tough one. Yeah. Before we go to break, I should mention really quickly that one of our fruit growers down in Santa Quinn passed away prematurely from some health problems and the services are today. And I just wanted to pass consolences to the Rolly family. There's a huge group of them and just tell them that there's lots of people with their family in mind that are praying for them. So condolences to them because they, 
have the Rollies have all been huge contributors to bettering the food industry in Utah, sharing information, encouraging education, allowing research on their farms. And I just wanted to publicly pass condolences. I, if anybody, if, if I don't know if any of them are listening or mm-hmm. not, but just pass that along. Yeah, we're so sorry for your loss. We are going to take a break. The number to call with your questions. Phone lines are open 801-575-8255. You can text us 57500. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you taking your calls and the phone lines are open. 801-575-8255. You can text us 57500. Uh, next listener, Ton says, uh, why are ants important for peonies and does it damage them if you try to get rid of the ants? The ants are not important oh. to the peonies. Okay. I think I was that really worried for the somebody... There probably was tender-hearted toward oh, not killing anything. Kill the ants. And so mm. what I would do in that situation if you had to kill the ants is I would not use boiling water because that might damage the peonies roots. Mm-hmm. And so I would go toward something like raid or black flag or some of the ant baits to see if you could eliminate them that way. All right. They're not good for the peonies. They're not harmful either. Well, that was the question. Yeah. Are they harmful? No. No, not necessarily. Sometimes they can excavate so much soil at the base of a plant that it can impact the roots. But if it's just a small colony, you can leave them alone. All right. When is the best time to cut back roses? Mid-March. So you cut them back enough in the fall, in late October, November, so that they don't break in Mm -hmm. the snow. But otherwise, you cut them back to between knee and thigh height, depending on the age, and then you leave three to four main canes. Okay. Next listener has three-year-old raspberries. Um, It's a patch that's become a hedge. They want to know how they should thin out those plants, Uh, remove the older clumps with lots of shoots or the smaller single shoots. Uh, They just need to understand how to do that. They say the plants are Joan Jay variety uh, that they prune close to the ground every spring. Okay. So if they're just cutting them down to the ground, they don't need to do anything. They they don't need to thin them out? No. I mean, you would normally just cut them. If they were using them for summer and fall use, mm-hmm. you would go in and cut the two-year-old plants out, the, the two-year-old canes, because they'll be dead. Mm-hmm. And so because the, the bottom of the roots of the raspberries are perennial... And the tops are biennial. And so they will produce some, if it's a bi, uh, a summer and fall cropping berry, it'll produce some on the first year in the fall, and then the next year you get your summer berries. And so if they were going to do that, you would thin them to every six inches, leaving one-year-old canes and the more vigorous wider canes. So it's anything narrower than a pencil comes out. And so just thin them to every six inches, and if they want a summer and fall crop. Otherwise, if they just mow them down 
to two or three inches above the ground. They don't need to do anything but that. Which is what they sound, it sounds like they've been doing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, people get excited when the sun comes out and it starts getting a little warmer. I'm not sure I would call today warm, but we're looking at, what, a high near 40 degrees? So not terrible compared not terrible. to what we've seen. I've been, I still don't really enjoy winter, but I have just come to the conclusion that you can dress warmly enough that the winter cold isn't a problem as long as you were pre- prepared. And so I've been working outside a little bit and you know, and you layer up and it's fine, but there's also nothing wrong with 70 degrees. <laughs> so I'm looking at the high today. Yep. The high 41. I knew it was pretty close. Um, but there are things that we can do in the yard. We can still be cleaning up if the snow is melted in yes. your yard. You know, look for snow mold, especially if you've had snow that has melted, that the snow was there for several weeks. How and would they so know the snow mold? This, Even though the grass has browned out a bit, you'd see patches where the snow melts off. You can actually see the actual white or pink fungus on top of the grass, and it dissipates after a couple hours. But you'll see clumps or areas of your grass where the grass is just matted and flat and almost a bleached, it's not bleached white, but a bleached straw yellow look. And so that's what they would look like. Yes. Okay. We need to take a break for the top of the hour news. The number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us 57500. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. 